0: hey two weeks down how about that we're back for our second week of the guardians of the future podcast i'm justin latta and joined again by willie hood this week really thanks for taking a second week in a row to uh talk about the Guardians minor league system with me. We have a lot to talk about today. Those two weeks in. I feel like it's been, uh, it's been a pretty eventful start to the season a little more than I was expecting.
1: Yeah. I uh, I'm very pleased with the way the weekend went anyways, as far as some pitching performances, it made for an interesting weekend, not quite as interesting as last weekend for you personally, but uh, it was a week. <laughs> it was an interesting weekend nonetheless.
0: Yeah, it sure was. I mean, hey, the weather was good around Northeast Ohio, which, you know, great for April twenty, the weekend of uh, the last weekend of April or second to last weekend. But of course, you know, none of the teams in Cleveland were in town. I mean, Lynchburg is in Lynchburg. and But uh, Akron, Columbus, and Cleveland, all out of town. So none of them could take advantage of the weather, but we sure did. Um, but that didn't make a difference. Obviously, all the performances were good. I'm going to shoot this out on on Twitter real quick. Uh if you wanna join us live for the live version, uh we record this usually uh every Monday around five thirty to six o'clock. Uh me, Willie and, and whoever else we get to join us this year, but usually we do this on Mondays and um we do it on StreamYard so we can do a live version of this. So if you wanna tune in and make some comments and ask some questions and uh, just chime in as we're recording. That's good. If not, we have the future broadcast uh, saved for the podcast version. Um, so I'm just going to shoot that on Twitter real quick. And you know, while you're at all that good stuff, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh, I had a lot of nice people on Twitter today saying, what a great job we do at this Willie not bad for a couple guys who uh do this part-time we're not this is not our full-time gig so uh people seem to think we're we're not the worst in the world at this so that was nice to hear
1: absolutely always uh feels good to hear that but I'll just say I'm riding on your coattails to be honest with you so I don't
0: I don't have a whole lot of coattails to ride on I think you're uh you're making your own coattails man so um, no, it's good to do this with you. It's good to do this every at our site. I do appreciate everybody who, um, Thank enjoys following you. all of us listening to this following the website. If you're not a uh, subscriber to guardians, baseball definitely want to do that. Like I said before, um, we've got game coverage from all the minor league systems this year. All the teams are back at home this week. So we'll have Hillcats coverage. We'll have Clippers coverage, uh, rubber ducks, coverage, captains coverage this week. Um, Willie's got some draft stuff coming out this week. And almost every week at this point, the way it seems to be going, Willie, with all your stuff. Um, follow me on Twitter, jail underscore baseball. Follow Willie at W-I-L-L-H-O-O-9-9. Uh, official underscore C-G-B-I on Twitter. Um, yeah, I got notebooks from each level coming out this week. Game coverage. And then Willie's got a ton of draft content teed up. We'll talk about that at the end. Um Real quick, you know, I I wanted to lead off Willie with a Daniel Espino start because how could what else could you talk about? But uh, real quick, Richie, Richie Palacios is going to make his debut tonight. Unfortunately, Stephen Kwan is dealing with a sore hamstring. That is an injury he had an issue with last year and also in college. Uh, very unfortunate because how important he has been to the Guardians offense so far. But what do you expect from Richie Palacios and whatever? small, hopefully, I mean, not, not that I don't want to see Richie Palacios play, but we hope Quan is healthy. Um, so what do you expect at least in in the debut for Richie Palacios?
1: So he's a guy with a lot of speed. We know that a guy that isn't a big power bat, but he is somebody that's going to put up professional at bats. So kind of a more of the same. Um, I don't know as far how fast he really is, but I think he's going to be one of the faster guys on the team, not beating Ahmed Rosario or, Andreas Jimenez, but might be close because uh, he's up there. But uh, I think he's a better second baseman than he is a left fielder, and that's not taking a shot at Richie. I just think he would be uh better server to, to be at second base long term. But good to see him getting an opportunity. I hope that he forces the issue, and while Juan is out, that uh, he rakes, and it kind of uh, makes them make a few moves while they're at it, you know, So or or it lines up for something in the future. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him to make his debut. He is an interesting player. Um, doesn't, I mean, he, he makes a lot of contact, but doesn't quite make contact the way Quan does. I don't know if anybody does besides Jose Ramirez and, and Michael Brantley and a few other select guys like David Fletcher uh, and Nick Madrigal. But um, good eye to play, right. high eye baseball IQ, uh, decent defender in left field, probably a better defender at second, but doesn't quite have the arm to play other places in the outfield, can draw a walk, has some doubles power. Um I think we had him at a, at a roll forty five in our rankings, Really, I think he was he was fifteen overall for us. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a guy who I think has a lot of good skills. Not really a tools guy, right? I mean he runs well, but doesn't have speed a ton of tools more of a tool. skill. I, yeah, I think for sure. Speed's best tool to play,
1: um somebody that's gonna put up professional at bats and you know extend the Extend the at bats and extend the um, lineup by virtue of getting more looks and forcing a team to go to the bullpen faster, too.
0: And that's really been probably the best thing about this lineup this year for the Guardians is they've they've worked the counts up in the top half of the lineup. And obviously, Palacio's sitting ninth, uh, they moved Rosario back to second, which uh, I don't think we have enough time uh, to talk about him at Rosario today. And this one, <laughs> like we talked about that
1: yesterday, didn't we? I at going back to the two hole.
0: Mm, yeah. I, 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 there's not enough time in this podcast to talk about Ametrozario today. I just don't have it in me. I'm sorry. I don't have it. I would have rather
1: seen uh, Palacios make his debut in the two hole or even put Ernie Clement in the two hole Then, then put, just uh, move
0: Jose on up one. Move Jose, move everybody up one and then put Palacios last. That's fine. I don't know. It's not my, it's not my, uh, circus. So it's fine. Um, what a mess. Anyway, good luck to Richie Palacios making his debut. He is a fun, exciting kid. And um and hey, good for him. I mean, look, he like you said he came from a small school. Towson's not a huge school if I don't if I don't
1: Townsend Tigers uh, from
0: Maryland. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge school. Um and look, he missed all of what twenty nineteen with a shoulder injury. Um obviously didn't get to play in twenty twenty, had a great year last year, so great story nonetheless. You know, that's that's good for him to get back and and be on. So good luck to Richie. Uh, I know Caleb Phillips last year had a fun feature on him for our, our site. Uh, They're talking about a bunch of different stuff and uh, talking about Richie Blasio shoe collection. So if you haven't seen that, I know we, uh, Caleb tweeted that out earlier. So take a look at that. He's an interesting personality. personality. All right, let's, let's talk about the, the real fun news of the week. Willie uh, Daniel Spino was named Eastern league pitcher of the week. Thank goodness. It's no longer called the double a Northeast. Cause I was going to not remember that. They should um, but, just name that I, the Daniel Espino Award. <laughs> I think going forward, he's he's going to put his name on it for sure. I mean, I guess it depends on how many more starts he's going to get in the Eastern League, right? That's the only question. Yeah, if he uh, continues to pitch like that, he's not going to be uh, down there very long. I know. Wow, man. I mean, we we I know you love Daniel Espino as a pitcher, and, and I, obviously we're, we're super impressed by him almost every time out. But five innings, three hits, two runs – uh, 14 strikeouts, no walks. Struck out the first 9 batters he faced. Uh was hitting 97 to 100. Um so he retired 15 batters, 14 by the strikeout, one was a ground out back to him. So one three balls left the infield. Um 66 pitches in 5 innings, 49 strikes. I can't believe they only let him out there for 66 pitches. I mean, the way he was going, he probably I mean, I that's that's the amazing thing is that he struck out 14 in five innings. And he only needed
1: 66 pitches. That's that's a lot of growth for him. Yeah, that's amazing. To not see any walks for a power pitcher like he is, too. Um, command and control have always kind of been a thing, a knock on him, so to speak. I know some have mentioned that uh, there's a reliever profile or reliever risk there. But uh, I think it's also telling that Fangraphs knocked him up to a 60-grade um, prospect, too. So I think they were seeing something from him when when they had those um, offseason views of him um, that maybe we weren't privy to, obviously. Um, I've gone on and on about Daniel Espino, how much I like him, how I thought he was a, a top 15, maybe even top 10 prospect uh, in his draft season. I think that was 2019. It all blurs together after a while. Um, I saw him what I saw of him from the video of the game, 98 to 100. I know you said 97, so hey, whatever. Um, either way, he's knocking guys out. Uh, he was really effective. Um, not much to say other than I don't, I don't know. I, just an impressive start for him. Um, I don't see him lasting long in Double A at this point if he just continues to bowl people over like that.
0: I know it's really amazing. I mean, look, he doesn't have to be added to the 40 man roster until next year, so. I know there are people saying, you know, could he force the issue this year if, they, if the Guardians are good? Could be multi-inning relief piece um, or just, you know, force their hand getting him up to the majors this year. I don't know about that, but I do – even AAA still has a lot of backlog. I mean, shoot, I think Eli Morgan's going to go down in May when the rosters shrink at the major league level. Connor Pilkington just went back. Um, Logan T. Allen should already be up there too. So there's, there's two guys in, in – in, Akron already, it should be in Columbus to begin with, but there's such a log and, you know, Adam Scott's pitching up and down. He's okay. You got Peyton Battenfield. I mean, there, there may just not be room for him right now. They have to have guys up there to serve as depth for the major league team, but um, it's definitely an embarrassment to riches right now. And now I do not like that from Espino. It's just, you know, it's, it tells you what a good prospect he is and, and how far he's come. And the the one home run he gave up on, he gave up was a curveball was to Gunnar Henderson. He said he would throw it again. He thought it was the right pitch in that that sequence. He just, you know, didn't have the best location on it. And that's a big step for him from a year ago because I remember watching him a year ago. And, and he had some great starts last year, but um fastball command was not always there for him. That's why he gave up some home runs last year. So uh fastball command was not anywhere near an issue for him this weekend. It was, you know, one hanging curveball, which Again, that's that's amazing growth because this is a guy a year ago that had
1: some command issues. Um, and uh, Gunnar Henderson has, no, is no slouch himself. I think he's a top one hundred prospect too. Um, a highly touted shortstop coming into the draft a few years back, somebody I really liked and I felt was like a Cleveland type of player, um, just be, because he was young for the draft class. And you know, of course, center of the diamond, shortstop, quality player, uh, a lot of. A quality bat, I guess, is what I'm really trying to say there. Um, Somebody, I I think, who has a very good Major League ceiling in front of him, you know. So, uh, giving up a curveball to him, and that's the long shot he gave up. But uh, I go back in my mind to the eerie start, too, and the two hits that in that first start of the season for him were also solo home runs. You know, he's going to give up damage. He's going to give up some home runs because he throws so hard. So. You know, a guy that's coming in and hitting ninety-seven to a hundred is going to give up home runs just off of his sheer velocity.
0: Yeah, that has been a bit of an issue for him. But obviously, when you strike out fourteen in in five innings, you can overlook that. Especially when it's one run, it's just amazing. I don't know. I mean, he he might be the best pitching prospect I think I've seen on this team in my lifetime. If somebody asked me the other day about see the best prospects since Bartolo Colon. I said, well. I uh, I think I was like eight when Bartolo Cologne, maybe nine when he made his debut. So I don't have a lot of memory of Bartolo Cologne, but I'd have to think. I mean, there was Adam Miller. There's there's a bunch of guys up there that were hype, but um, uh, Espino might be the best of all of them.
1: I mean, I, I have a four in front of my age, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so quite I mean, there yet. I've I've got a few years before I have to get there. I'm taking I've, it I've one milestone at a time. I, I do yeah, remember a Cologne a little bit, um, but not – not to that extent, I couldn't really speak to that, but um, I, I remember Cologne being a really highly touted prospect and Jarrett Wright, and for some reason, Jarrett Wright was a favorite of mine at the time, um, but I think Daniel Espino may be the most talented arm in the system in, let's say, the last 20 years or so. Uh, I think we can safely say that, and I think Gavin Williams can push him, make him better, but also push him for that number one starting pitcher in the in the system. Uh, even that number one spot overall. And, you know, hey, let's wait and see what they get in July in the draft because there's another July draft coming up. And, you know, a a lot of talent. I know there's a lot of arms that are injured coming from the draft, but there's a great opportunity there for this team to add more to a already ridiculously rich position for this organization.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Gavin Williams in a little bit too. I really like him, but, um, yeah, I (laughs) – College pitching can't stay healthy this year, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe Cleveland takes a shot on some non healthy guys, and you know, another another Ryan, Ryan Webb. Why not go for two of them this year, right? Hey, they they have a history of doing it.
1: You know, they Raymond Burgos needed Tommy John when they drafted him. Zach Pleissack too. Uh, there's been a few others throughout the years that they've grabbed that were injured. Um, Jack DeGrode a few years ago. Uh, Kyle Marmon, just off of the top of my head. I I'm, clearly I don't remember all of them, but. There's been several that were injured when they drafted him, I think up to eight or nine guys uh, just since 2016 that I counted that had had or were recovering from Tommy John or something of the like. Did you say Plesak? Yep, uh, Zach Plesak uh, needed Tommy John was coming funny. out of Ball State. That's why he dropped to, I think it was the 12th round. Um, don't remember if that was 2016 or when they picked him.
0: Yeah, it was 16. Yeah, so and Burgos was 16, too. So yeah, they, that was multiple in one class. You're right. So they could do it again this year. Um, I guess we'll see. We'll get to a lot of draft content coming up. Uh, another guy who had a big week was Joe Naranjo. We talked a little bit about him last week, but uh, he continues to build on that. This week he goes 5 for 17 with a couple doubles, a Grand Slam home run, uh, six ribbies, six walks, six strikeouts. Um, he is up to 317, 491, 756 on the young season. Uh, Willie, he had six home runs all of last season and 446 plate appearances. He's got four in 55 this year. And the only thing I can point to early on, it's it's so small. So we have no idea how much, how realistic this is. But um, 53% fly ball rate this year for Joe Naranjo, Willie. Last year, it was 33%. So. I'm not going to sit here and say that Joe Naranjo all of a sudden is going to be a 20, 25 home run for a spaceman because that's never been his profile. But I um, have to think that there's a possibility that he made some
1: significant changes and he is trying to get the ball in the air more and it's working. Yeah, and you also mentioned that he bulked up in the offseason. I think that comes with natural maturation. I think also you have a young player who is still young for the level, by the way, even though he's repeating. um a guy that's building on the foundation, so to speak, coming back a year of playing ball after not playing ball for an entire year. You know, like I said, last year, I think wash the season for a lot of guys. They come through it healthy. That's what we want to see. And then let's really kind of dig in on them this year and see who they are. Um, He is answering the call, in my opinion. No, I don't think he's a 20, 25 homer guy, but what if he's an 18, 20 homer guy? maybe that's more of what we're seeing with him and maybe it all plays up with more doubles. You know, maybe he's a guy that hits, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 home runs and then 40 doubles or something like that at the major league level could play that way with him as well. Um, but it, an exciting thing for him nonetheless. And, you know, he had, unfortunately, I think, um, he had that Jake Bowers comp, which is not good for a lot of, uh, Indians, guardians, fans, you know, to bring back Bowers memories, but, um, the point was is he was an advanced hitter when he was drafted and that's why he was rushed to the majors um hopefully Naranjo doesn't get rushed to the majors himself
0: yeah i don't know about that he'll, he'll be 21 in a couple of weeks here so i think Jake Bauer's up at 22 i don't think uh i don't think Naranjo'll oh, be up that soon good. but <laughs> No, uh, but, you know, good for him to, to have a good uh, start to the season after last year. He had a lot to learn. And that that profile would be exciting anywhere else but first base. It's a little underwhelming at first, but who knows? You know, Jake, they trade Jake Bowers in the outfield too. Who knows if they'll do that with Naranjo. But um, I wonder how soon he'll be in Akron too. And Marcos Gonzalez is playing first base a lot up there, and so is Mike Preeze. So um, we'll see if they have space for him. How about Jose Fermin? Speaking of fa- uh, of power kicks... Um, He's got four home runs this year already. He's His career high is seven, which was t- last year. Um, 268, 379, 536 so far. Um, But not quite the same method to get there. He's uh, still hitting the ball on the ground 37% of the time, 31% in the air, which is about around his career averages. So kind of hard to explain what Jose Fermin is doing power-wise, but um, the only thing he really needed to do was, was hit for some power and he would be a more interesting prospect. I mean, we know he runs well, has a ton of defensive versatility, is a good defender, gets on base, knows how to draw a walk. Um I, I don't know what's he what he's doing is sustainable, but I gotta think I don't I don't think his chance is gonna come here. I think we've said this a lot of times, honestly, but I gotta think coming next year someone's gonna take a chance on Jose Fermin finally and yeah, he's he, a he more than role. deserves it in my eyes
1: versatile uh, player that uh, could get a major league opportunity. Um, speed, defense, and now he's shown a little bit more power. You know, I, I have a couple of things pop into my head. First of all, is it Huntington Park there in Columbus, which I think is an offensive oriented park. If I remember correctly, I don't watch Columbus. You and I talked about this last week. We don't yeah. watch Columbus a whole um With, uh, with Fermin power showing up, it's something that he needed. And I think he's a, a future major league player. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if, and I think somebody else alluded to this, if these are some of the balls from last year in the major league level that were bouncing a lot off of the bats. So I wonder if it's, uh, the juiced balls <laughs> and, and that's, uh, benefiting for me, or maybe he's another oh, guy that's yeah. gotten stronger as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to pay attention to the bee that's flying around and in, in behind me right now. So <laughs> don't need that. Wow! Don't need the uh... at the same time. I'm not one. To yeah, don't bees. need the stung by. They're, they're kind of useful around here. So
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just don't need you getting stung while we're trying to do a podcast. It's not worth it. Um, yeah. I think he'll get a shot next year for sure with somebody. I don't think it'll be here. There's so many infielders, but uh, definitely someone we've liked for a while. And the ball, it's funny. Everyone keeps saying at the major league level, the ball's dead. It's not carrying as much this year. I don't know what it's doing in AAA. And like you said, Huntington Park is a bandbox, But I think he's performed pretty well on the road too. But uh, we'll see if he keeps that up. One of my favorites though too, he was – When he was in Lake County, I remember him translating a couple times for other players. Super nice kid. Uh, Don't forget about John Kenzie Noel. Interesting week for him. Uh, Four hits and 20 at-bats, but three of more homers. Two came on Sunday. Um, Not shout out to the Great Lakes camera crew. So one of the things I have a first world gripe about is, A, the the facilities or the teams in minor league baseball who do not have MILB-TV. That's silly, number one. Number two, I think I've said this before. If you have MILB TV as a as a team, and you're putting on the broadcast, I don't know what possesses you to kind of go at it halfway. I I won't say the uh, the not suitable for work version of that, but um, if you're going to invest in that, I'm not sure why you would just not do it the best you could versus just putting on an inferior product and. We didn't really get a chance to see Noel's second home run on video yesterday in Great Lakes because the camera people there yesterday were having a uh, a rough day at work, it seems. So uh, the first one we got a decent angle of, but the second one we got a terrible angle of, and uh, I hope uh, hope the camera crew in Great Lakes is learning. We don't have one of those in Lake County, but um, when the captains are on the road, we appreciate when they have we have a chance to see them on TV on the internet, and when the camera crew is not doing a great job, it's. Uh, it's very unfortunate for the rest of us, the subscribing audience, but six RBI, three home runs, five walks, six strikeouts. He's hitting 263, 383, three, uh, 632 this year with four homers, and or four, four homers, 11 RBI. Walks are up a little bit, and uh, strikeouts are down so far, so good start for Noel. Um, anything to add on, on Noel, Willie, before we kind of try to
1: get to the meat of this, before we get to the questions? As I tweeted yesterday, you know, Noel doing Noel things. I, I think that's it. You know, he's a big power hitter, uh, a guy that makes surprising contact for being a power hitter, too, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have a couple of walks in one game this, this week, too? It seems like there was a game where he had three walks and two hits. I could be mistaken about that, but. Um, I think you're right. He had two, two walks in a game. Okay. Surprising plate discipline. Discipline is not what you expect for such a young hitter at that level um, with that type of power, too. Just an interesting combo. I, I think that's why he's on the roster, um, which should allow him to continue to move rather quickly still.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, lots of power and in, in not as many strikeouts. I still have questions about the plate discipline, but. Or pitch selection, I should say. I'm, I'm a le- the good thing is that the walk so far, he's been walking more this year. I was a little concerned about an Oscar Gonzalez approach for him, but so far he has been um, much better this year with that. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of debuts real quick, and I want to get to one topic particular with pitchers. Um, you know, we saw Tanner totally make his debut in New York because of the uh, COVID IL issue for Cleveland. Right now, Kirk McCarty did as well. Um, you know, Tully gave, gave two good innings for them in a game they were down in. Um, Kurt McCarty, they were already losing pretty badly, and he got kicked around when he came in, but nonetheless, he made his debut. Um, Brian Lavastidas headed back to Columbus. Luke Maley is back on the Major League roster after his uh, rehab. You know, and we saw <clears throat> Gabriel Arias make his uh, Major League debut uh, last week as well. So, Willie, anything stand out to you? Um you know, Tanner Tolley, Kirk McCarty, Brian Lavasita, Gabriel Arias all made their major league debuts in April for Cleveland. Anything uh, stand out to you? Anything of note you want to talk about on those debuts? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on. That's not what we do here. We don't talk about prospects here. So, <laughs> yeah, we can, next we can... question. Okay. We can talk about Ahmed Rosario
1: if you like. Uh, I'll pass. Okay. I'll answer the question. (laughs) Yes. If that's your choice, you're talking about them. Yeah. I know there was a question related to, or, or a comment rather that we're going to talk about uh, Tully and, and McCarty a little bit. So I'll, I'll dig into that. Uh, Really it was because of the COVID situation with the organization that brought them into the picture. Um, I'm not surprised either of them got batted around in New York against a, against a good team. Um, even if their fans are trash. I don't know why anyone likes the Yankees, by the way. Uh, there's that. Uh, I uh, I didn't get to see a whole lot of Arias in his debut. Um, unfortunately, that four-letter word called work kind of gets in the way of life sometimes. You know, I do go back and watch a lot of the games because I record them all, so I did watch some of it. Um, but he is what I think he's going to be, and should be a excellent defender at shortstop, but I think he was playing second base the other day and I don't get that, but Hey, whatever. <laughs> I think that yeah, was a um, cookie, so to speak for him. Like, um, Hey, we're going to put you in the lineup because he played over Jimenez and, and Jimenez didn't play the day prior to, and Jimenez has been playing. Oh, most of the time at second base. So I think Jimenez had two days off in a row and given Arias, the cookie there kind of, uh, hey, we want to ge- give you an opportunity and see what you got. And, you know, we'll see you later at some point in time when they trade Ahmed Rosario because he's just an average player and too many fans are in love with him. Um, let's not um, hook our train or hook our trailers to Ahmed Rosario <laughs> because he's not the future. I know he's just 26 years old. I know he still has some upside but this organization has far superior players in the minors that will show. And, you know, we've been enticed with Arias. I think Jimenez is showing that he belongs at shortstop right now, Uh, my opinion. And I'm forgetting somebody. There was a a fourth guy in there that I think I forgot. Well,
0: now that Lavastita is back in AAA, I was just going to say what what you thought of – what did you think of him in his brief debut this year?
1: Um, As far as approach goes at the – played i wasn't surprised with that i think he drew a walk or two in all of his games um i think he only played in three by the way and they get a hit this last game defensively he still looks raw he looks like a, a guy that needs more time in AAA. probably another six months uh, well i say six months i mean half of the season i shouldn't say six months um i think he needs another half of the season in triple a to work on that there's a lot of skills that he could learn from austin hedges so one of them isn't hitting, so I'm not talking about hitting, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, he could take some defensive pointers and working with the staff, you know, Austin Hedges is still 28. So it's not like he's a grizzled old veteran. So um right. just an excellent defender. And I think he, by being a, a conversion guy himself could pick up a lot of the little nuances. Um, there was a, there was, to me, a, a clear difference watching him behind the plate and then watching watching um, Hedges work when he goes to try to get a strike on the edge. I saw Lavastita's hand kind of snap and move. You want to snap your hand in the, or you want to snap the glove in the place and kind of um, frame it, so to speak. Hold it in position. If your glove is moving when the umpire sees it, it looks like the ball is moving and you're kind of, you're, you're reaching out of the zone for it. So you, even if you catch it with the bottom of your glove, you catch it in your palm, wherever you catch it in your glove, you want your glove to still be kind of in the strike zone and steal that strike. I don't, there were times where it looked like his glove was still moving and there were some balls that I, I think that could have been called strikes if it was hedges back there, little things, little nuance, things like that. Um, there were a few pass balls that I, or a pass ball that I felt like Hedges would have got. Um, but Hedges, like I said, is a far superior defender. So one of the best in, in baseball, you know, it, it's something that Flavestini is a work in progress.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was good. They gave him a shot over, you know, putting San León in the four. I know they had 40 man issues. So it wasn't like they had a lot of, uh, ways to get somebody on the roster, but I'm glad they went with Flavestini versus any, any other guy they had in the minors or any, any uh, you know, retread uh, veteran they could have signed. But, um, yeah, I would say the the framing issues weren't as noticeable to me. I think it was more the, th- the control in the run game. Uh, you know, I think uh, Hedges is 3 of 10 this year throwing out runners. I don't know if Hedges – I don't think Al Avastita threw any runners out, and that was something he had to work on last year. He actually took a step forward framing-wise. Uh, if you're looking at stats in the minors last year, uh, his framing was better. Obviously, that, you know, he's not a finished product defensively. We know that. So, um, first time working with uh, Shane Bieber, first time working with Cal Quantrill, all those guys, you know, the short and spring training, maybe all that plays into it. But yeah, he definitely needs more time in AAA defensively. But hey, he got a few weeks buying hedges, like you said. And he also got to work with Sandy Almar for a few weeks. So that's good for his development. Um, the approach was okay. You know, he drew some walks. I think he was um, a little overeager at times, swinging the bat, but that's, you know, Rookie nerves, all that kind of stuff is expected to be that way. Yeah, um, only getting to play every few days too. I
1: think that plays into it.
0: Right. Wow. And uh, same with Ari; it's hard to make a, a a jump decision on him too. As far as debut, you know, he played two ends of a double header, didn't get to play shortstop, which was the thing we were all hoping to see. Um, he was a little jumpy swinging the bat, but it was two games, and, and uh, he knew he was going back down. So, not much to judge on there. I had some people asking. I think Jeff Ellis covered this. Um, and Lockdown Guardians, which you should listen to every day because Jeff does a great job and uh, has a lot of knowledge about the team and the system and the drafts all that good stuff. And I can't tell you how hard it is. Like, we we stuff a lot into this podcast once a week, and Jeff is out there creating content daily. It's hard. Creating a daily podcast is hard. Um, Jeff does a great job. So if you're not listening to Lockdown Guardians, you should. I know he gives us a lot of shout-outs. I, so. I
1: haven't told you this, Justin, <clears> but I – I came into my bedroom the other night and my wife was watching Jeff Ellis. You know how many of our podcasts my wife has ever watched or listened? None. <laughs> she has never listened to none. I walk in the bedroom the other night and she's got Jeff Ellis on YouTube watching him. I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, I have a podcast. It's very similar that I think you would enjoy. <laughs>
1: She Uh, she asked me, is is that what you and Jared, or is it Justin or Jason? (laughs)
0: Doesn't (laughs) even know our names. Wow, it's the real slap in the face, man. That's good. It keeps us humble. That's okay. It keeps us humble. That's good. (laughs) Well, good for Jeff Jeff Alice. Especially after,
1: especially after Chuck lavished us with praise earlier. Appreciate that, by the way, too, Chuck.
0: Yeah, who's burner account is that? Do we know?
1: Is it yours? Is it Jared's? Is it? It's it's not mine. (laughs) I'm starting to think it's yours.
0: It's not me. I I I I run two Twitter. I run three Twitter accounts. I I don't have room for a uh, a burner, man. It's tough. So yeah, at least somebody out there listens to us. Um, But yeah, Jeff covered this on his podcast. Uh, Why Why did Tanner Tully and Kurt McCarty come up instead of like uh, you know Tobias Myers, who's on the forty or uh, Nick Nikolachak or Peyton Battenfield who are superior guys. And I think it was really, um, I agree with his reasoning. He said, you know, mostly those guys, they don't have to make a 40 man move to add them. So it's not a big deal. And it gets them different benefits. Those players get different benefits now being part of the major league uh, um, union or however that works. So that, you know, those guys get different payouts now in the future because they made it insurance changes, um, they get their shot at major league debut. They otherwise wouldn't have. It was and, a classy
1: move by the org. Um, yeah. It, I, I think that's part of it because Cleveland has always tried to do little things like that. Um, Not to the player, if you will, and, and take care of players. Um, there was a international player that was injured in the motorcycle accident several years ago, and they kept, you know, kept him on insurance, even though he was disabled after the motorcycle accident, you know, they kept on, uh, paying his insurance and, and providing for him. Um, I, I also kind of thought of it as a, um, it's kind of a, a view of how they are viewed by the organization too. So if you use them, so to speak as organizational arms, um, you probably know what I mean by saying that as, as org arms or guys that have, guys that are gonna fill a role for a time and they could be bounced back and forth as needed. Um, when you want to make sure your other guys like myers guys that are before them guys that are on the 40-man roster you want to make sure that they're getting the proper amount of development time um tully and mccarty you're not so worried about burning burning them or not burning through them um, when they are up but myers and um pilkington for example who surprisingly has been with the team all the way through april pretty much um, you know, those guys, you want to give them that development time in the minor leagues. Um, I think with McCarty and Tully, they knew they were going to use them at some point there just out of sheer volume for innings and in, in need. But I think it's also a nod for the players and controlling the, the development of the other guys that are already on the 40.
0: Yeah, you're not going to worry about to, I mean, you're not going to hinder battenfield or myers or mikolachek's development by bringing them up too early and at the same time you need someone to fill those innings because of the covid rules and those guys get a a little nod of recognition like you said they they're kind of good org soldiers and um you know they're guys that could have i think more mccarty than than tully mm-hmm. uh can can fill a future role in a major league organization it's not going to be cleveland but Like I said, they get better benefits now because they made it. They get the chance to make their major league debuts. They bolted at Yankee Stadium, which is, you know, kind of cool, even though we saw what their fans did. Um, That's still, you know, a big stadium, big city, all that stuff. But uh, just good for those players to get that benefit. But, yeah, they didn't want to – at the same time, you know, you're giving those guys a little nod, a little little benefit, but you're also not um, burning the development of other guys who you would want to add to the 40 and keep them there. So that's why those guys were called up. Um, initially, but they're both back down now. So we'll see. Hopefully nobody else gets COVID at this point. But um let's move on to Akron. We'll run through these real quick because we got a ton of questions. But Bo Naylor, uh my observation so far, Willie, is that the, the shakeout rate's down, which is good, mm-hmm. walk rates up, hitting less fly balls, which was a problem for him last year. I think he was getting the ball in the air too much and was popping up a lot. So good to see he's not um you know trying so hard to lift the ball in the air he had a decent week. He had a a four for 19. He tripled, uh, hit a homer. He stole two bases. So your catcher in the minors uh, tripled and stole two bases, hit a homer, uh, four strikeouts, three walks. I don't know if we had a chance to talk about it the other week, but um, Bo Naylor was, what, 28th on Fangraph's rankings? That really surprised me. I know he had a bad year last year, and there are some concerns about the swing and uh, just the, uh, the approach overall, but I'm really surprised he dropped all the way to twenty eighth on their list. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, we hadn't had an, an opportunity to really talk to that list much, um, and I think they have uh, Lavastida at nine too, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, interesting thing about Lavastida and Naylor is they both appear to have a little bit of speed on the bases, as you mentioned with Naylor. Um, so, getting at least average speed from a catcher and, and potentially getting a few uh, stolen bases there. I uh, I talked to you, I think in the off season, some about Naylor really caught my eye watching him um, when I was watching Nick Enright video and uh, I thought he did a pretty good job handling Enright and that curveball can be pretty nasty sometimes. Um, but also just watching the whole game and seeing him come up to, to bat late in the season. And he was, uh, he was putting up what I would consider professional at bats and um, he wasn't swinging at wild pitches. I remember one particular at bat, I think it went like nine pitches. Um, You could tell that he had a plan in place, but when he was, when he was trying to hit the fastball, he was knocking it for a foul ball. You know, he was behind or he was ahead. Um, But at the end of the day, like I remember that particular at bat, he still, he still made an out, but he put up nine pitches against the, Journey battle, and it was pretty clear to me at that point in time, which was an August, um, an August game. I think it was Akron versus Erie, um, and he he just put up good at good at bats in that game. Not a successful game as far as getting hits, getting walks, but they were they were quality at bats, and that's something that I was looking for to see how, while I'm evaluating Enright and watching Naylor too, how Naylor was doing. So I, I'm encouraged to hear that he's made a transition so to speak or so it sounds like he has not trying to lift that ball up in the air also less strikeouts more walks tells me there's some a better approach this year than there was last year but I think there was foundation to grow on is what I was really trying to say with all of that about Naylor
0: yeah and still he's 22 and he's catching double A. catchers develop slowly and he's young I know he's always played above his, his, um, competition level. He's always, you know, played in those circuits and in, in high school in Canada. And, um, he was aggressively assigned to Lake County at age 19, a couple of years ago, last year in Akron was an aggressive assignment for him. So, um, I think he's two and a half years younger than the league average right now. Right. He's still young for the level he's repeating it, which is fine. So, and, and we know, I, I don't know how the bat would look if he was playing, uh, second or third right because we know he can play the infield um he's got the athleticism he was an infielder in high school so um who knows how the bat would look there but we know catchers develop slowly so i'm definitely not too concerned about him quite yet um and, and things are improving so that's good to see uh two relievers i want to throw out to you willie real quick um I, we're getting real deep deep cuts here um i can't i even i can't pronounce this name andrew misiazik um 10, 10 strikeouts in a walk last week and five innings pitched uh, over two games for the year. 16 strikeouts in a walk and nine and two thirds innings. Um, he made the special cut section for Fangraph's prospects, uh, lefty reliever with the funky arm angle. And uh, looks like in the past he hasn't really thrown many strikes, but this year he's, he's not walking a ton of guys. So that's good. Um, curious to see what things look like for him. And Kevin Kelly is a guy that's caught my eye since last year. He pitched in Lake County. And I thought being older for the level and and just how how well he throws strikes, I thought maybe, well, this guy just pounds the zone and gets guys out, and he's a little old for the level. But this year in Double A, 12 strikeouts, one walk, and nine and a third. And he has that low arm angle that makes it hard for guys to pick up. His fastball runs arm side. Um, Got a weird slider. I don't know if it's really anything more than average, but – I don't know, two interesting relievers that are throwing a ton of strikes this year, missing bats to kind of, you know, throw in the Nick right bucket where, you know, these relievers aren't throwing super hard, but they're throwing a lot of strikes. So they're striking guys out even without what you would call plus-plus stuff.
1: Yeah, all of them coming out of that 2019 draft, which could be a really good draft for Cleveland because you have Christian Cairo, you know, at the top of it, and you already spelled it as Oh, and that guy, Daniel Lispino, um, hmm. he was in that draft class too. So uh, Kevin Kelly out of James Madison, he's kind of that side winder that you were referring to. I think it's upper 80s, low 90s. He creeps into with a fastball. Nothing is what we would scale average or better, except for his control. I think I think um, that's above average and that's where it plays. He has that deception with that low arm angle. Um, he is a little bit older guy but I think you're going to see that from a college guy who was a late round pick. He's not going to be a priority type of guy, but he's also performed in college. He's performing now. Um, He lost a year in 2020. So, you know, in a way kind of subtract a year off of his development because of 2020 um, really his second, second full season um, because of last year and then this year. So, you know, I think he's 24 now, if I'm, and I don't remember, I'm just trying to go off of, you know, my my draft uh, stuff whenever he came out. Um, I'm I'm thinking he's 24 now. So a a guy who I think is, and I talked about him at some point last year, a guy that I like, but I I think is in our kind of an arm, kind of like a Dakota Clemmer, um, who could be that go-to guy, maybe a middle relief type of arm. Um, some deception there, nothing great. I don't know a lot about, don't even know how to say his name. I'll say Misa. Um, I do know he was a later round lefty from Northeastern, but I, when I saw him last year, a couple of times he was striking out guys then. And I, I just, you know, thought the equivalent of, okay, yeah, this is a 23 year old pitching against guys in uh, Lynchburg and he should be striking them out. So I didn't really take him too seriously at that point in time. Um, I think there's a good slider there, if I remember, in a low 90s fastball. I think he was 90, 92. I don't, can't see. I really remember. Um, but obviously, he's doing something there and getting getting results. You know, I, I threw his name out the other day in RDMs and, and saying, man, he's performing well or something to you, you know. And that was the night I think he had seven strikeouts or something out of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, and like three and a third innings or something. You think he struck at every batter he faced, so – more, uh, I don't know, low, low end, um, I don't know, Justin Garza type relievers, maybe uh, filling out the bullpen, but maybe something more. I don't know, the way these guys throw strikes there. We, Cleveland loves to collect these arm angles. You know, you got the over the top guys, you've got these uh, low release point guys, and then you've got these other guys like Misiasic and, and Kelly who have other strange releases. So they just like to look at, find different looks for hitters to see. I guess maybe that's a uh, interesting thing. They to keep like an eye yeah. on. Um, that's they all like I got.
1: They're like unique and efficient. Unique arm angles. Okay, yeah. Um, Arthur Arthur just DM me and said uh, it's...
0: Arthur said it's Andrew Mizziasek Miz E. Azek. So thanks to Arthur for getting us the, the pronunciation on that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad someone knows or someone could find it. Um, that's all I'll our updates out of Akron. Let's... Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. Cause I, 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 maybe I don't remember either. I don't know. Uh, let's run through Lake County real quick. Cause we're getting on the 45 minute mark. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, you and I both picked one dud this week in our play of the week. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, you picked Gabriel Rodriguez. He went for 15 this week, two RBIs, two walks, two strikeouts, nothing too special. Um, hey, he's carrying a game on five hundred average. He does have a hitting streak. You're right. So he has that going for him. Uh, I think I said to you in the DM today, I don't know if I don't know if Gabriel Rodriguez is going to hold a 500 batting average on balls and play all year. We'll see. Uh, that would be something special. Aaron Bracho, uh, only two starts this week. We're going to talk about that in a question a little bit too. Two for six, a double, two RBI, not playing a ton. Um, and then Gavin Williams, you picked him this week. Ooh, seven strikeouts and five innings a walk, two hits and earned run. Unfortunately, took the loss because uh, the captains didn't score a run. I went back and watched that start after the fact, Willie. Uh, I don't know if you did. 92-96, uh, topped out at 97 on the, on the Great Lakes broadcast. I was really not impressed with the fastball. I was more impressed with the curveball. He was throwing some darts with some BBs with the fastball. But, man, he was dropping in that curve, uh, that low to mid-70s curve on, uh, on guys after the fastball. And that curveball just looked very unfair. It was so good.
1: Gavin Williams has curve appeal, man.
0: <laughs> Curve appeal. I like it. Man, he if it wasn't for how good Daniel Espino's week was, I don't know. I'd be talking about that start because that was uh I was super impressed. Not as impressive, unfortunately, Willie was uh Doug Nicesey. Three innings, only a lot of hit. Uh but he walked six and struck out six. I don't know what's up with that. I did not get a chance to go back and watch that start yet.
1: But um hi, hi. Very surprised based control issues. He's a, he's a high energy guy, Justin. I mean, I think walks are always going to be an issue for him. Um, I think there's still a chance he stays a starter. I know some people want to call him a left-handed reliever right away. Maybe he's not a guy that goes seven, eight innings a a game because he gets, gets in trouble, gets himself in the trouble. Um, He also strikes out guys and he's going to get ground balls and stuff like that. The way his stuff works. Um, He's a lefty that I think can get by with a higher walk rate because of his ability to strike guys out. Him, his handedness as well he's a competitor on the mound I think you see that um I think he wants to he wants to strike out all of these guys and um you know I I didn't get to see that start but I'm just going what I know of him I, I think he likes to strike out a lot of guys he wants to battle them and he wants to, to strike them out and you know it, sometimes you fall behind hitters because of that they get into good counts um Sometimes you're living on the edge, you know, like I said, I didn't see the start. It could have just been a num- pinch in him too. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I, I didn't go back and look
0: at it yet, but he's, he was my favorite guy from the class last year and I haven't yet to see him, um, very much. So I'm excited to get a chance to see him. Hopefully this week we'll see what the rotation looks like. Um, we'll get to the players of the week voting at the end. Lynchburg, Jake Fox had a really good week. Six for 18 for RBI, uh, eight walks, four strikeouts. Um, I don't know if the box score is right on this. You can, Maybe you can give me some opinion here, but um, I went back and tried to watch the video from yesterday, and I couldn't get a good uh, – the broadcast in Carolina was not very good, so I couldn't tell if this was true. There's been some scoring issues this year. Uh, but the, the lineup had Jake Fox playing center field yesterday for Lynchburg. I, I don't know if that's 100% true, but um, – His, his dad was an player? outfielder,
1: um, and he has uh, a yeah. speed – he has the speed. I think he could probably handle it, but I didn't watch the game. Um, you know, like I told you, I, you know how it is. You live in Ohio, you have nice weather on the weekend and you work Monday through Friday. Outside. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, there's a honeydew list to, uh, to knock out too on the weekends. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jake Fox was, uh, was on the grass and you were playing in the grass. So
1: there you go. That's, That's absolutely <laughs> accurate.
0: Yeah. I was, I don't know. I was trying to create some, some
1: curb appeal for my house. Um, Unlike Gavin Williams curve appeal.
0: (laughs) Well, you just bought that place. I don't think you got to worry about your appeal on that place just yet. Um, I'll, I'll look to see if I can verify to see if he played the outfield. I don't know. Very strange. Um, if that's true to me, at least early on, uh, four perfect innings this week from Will Dion, uh, six strikeouts. I heard he was about 92 to 95. We got that from, uh, Jason Prill in his last start, uh, the Lynchburg broadcaster, who, by the way, is an Ohio native, great guy. Been a joy to work with him so far. Um, good calls in the broadcast, too, for when Lynchburg's at home. Uh, I'm very intrigued by that. Uh, if he's in the mid 90s, we know he lost some velocity last year or in spring, but he was higher in college. Sounds like he's good. And then I saw I, I, you mentioned something about David Sharp in our DMs. Uh, Fangraphs do him a little love, too. He's very interesting. So. That is an interesting group of players at Lynchburg. Uh, but I'm I'm very intrigued by Will Dion if he's pitching in the low to mid nineties again. And um I, I just saw the one Davis Sharp outing so far, but he was really good. But Van Graaff seemed to um, be intrigued by him as well.
1: Yeah, a good uh, low nineties fastball gets it up to 94, 95, and a nice slider. Guy that was uh third baseman and pitcher. Um I had in, in the five to seven round range and then had a bad year. So he slipped out of that. He's one of those ones that to me could have developed into a third round arm. Um, he went the opposite direction. Cleveland seemed to go that way with a number of guys. Uh, that's a draft trend for Cleveland too, is they like to get get guys off of a bad junior year. You know, I had those draft pieces out last last week, and I don't mention every single trend I look at. Didn't mention all of them there just because it becomes exhaustive at, at some point. Um, but that's something that they look for in guys. And Sharp is one of those guys that, Hey, there's a lot more to, you know, you tip of the iceberg, I guess is um, there's more than it, development can bring out with time. And he's in a good organization to do that.
0: Yeah. I clearly saw something. Um, you ready to get some questions? Let's hit them. We got a lot. We got a lot. All right. Let's see if we can, uh, make use of all these here Um, first one's from our buddy Nunzio Izzo this is a two-parter or a three-parter finding interesting how playing time has been doled out prospects we mentioned Aaron Bracho's not playing a lot Alexi Planez Carson Tucker others not getting playing time Um, what are you guys uh, not getting playing time than he expected what are our thoughts on that I for me Willie I say Bracho you know he's competing with You know, John Kenzie Noel is playing third because, and and I know they want to exhaust him at third to see how that turns out. For my looks for John Kenzie Noel, this is off topic, but um, I'm not a big believer in his third base ability going forward. But Joe Naranjo is a great defensive first baseman. They're keeping him there because he has nowhere else to go. Um, So Noel is at third and DHing. You've got Angel Martinez who needs to play a lot, Uh, you got Gabriel Rodriguez who needs to play. So Bracho's not getting playing time. Um He's played okay in his limited opportunities, but I don't know. It sounds like uh, he's fallen out of priority. That's something I can think of for, for Bracho. I'm not sure about Carson Tucker. I put that in my notes that Carson Tucker only played two games this week. I don't know if he's got an injury. I know he had some injury issues last year, but uh for Bracho, it seems like he's fallen out of favor.
1: Yeah, I, I think – um there's been a couple of times his work ethic has been questioned. Um, he wasn't in great conditioning coming back into it last year. Um, that was a knock on Gabe Rodriguez last year, that he wasn't in great shape when he when he came in. Um, it's been a continual knock for Bracho. Uh, it, it's not been a thing with Rodriguez. He came back in in better shape. Uh, not that Rodriguez was in horrible shape last year, but he, he came back in better shape this year. Um, I, I don't know about Tucker. I think Tucker had the hand injury. I wonder if that's a load management thing with him. You also have Milan Tolentino and Jake Fox in Lynchburg. You have a lot of middle infield talent that we've said this, you know, at nausea that they have a ton of shortstops and middle infielders galore. Where are they going to put them all? Where are they going to play them all? Some of them aren't going to play. Some of them aren't going to play every day. Um, one of these guys eventually is either going to end up being moved or promoted. Um, Bracho will probably get more time when that comes. Maybe he's hoping for an injury, but I think right now is if you want, uh, you want more playing time, then prove it, earn it. Yeah. No more handouts for you. So,
0: you know, yeah, you I, I'm not sure about the outfield. And, and he mentioned Planez. I'm not sure about the outfield situation in Lake County. I mean, you got PD Halpin and Connor Cox. Um, and Jonathan Rodriguez, I think Planez should be getting more playing time there because he's not a guy who's had conditioning issues and um, a guy we know is tooled up. But the middle infield thing we know is a problem. And, and going back to Bracho, the issue there is, you know, he's not a great defender. And they tried him at second last year. They tried him at first. They tried him at third. He can't play short. Um, I know in, in the past there's been other evaluators who said his future home might be the outfield. They don't have, they have room to do that. I don't know. But like I said, first base and third base are, are spoken for, and uh, he's not a great defender at second. And if they, if, and he was a guy – I remember people saying that with shifting, he could be a decent defender at second base. But guess what? Shifting is gone. So, um, yeah, his, his opportunities are limited. I'm not sure. And he's not on the 40 because he was rule five eligible. So I think his time is uh, – his window to prove himself is closing. He's got to, like you said, earn the playing time. Um. Nunzio, isn't that another good question? Uh, beyond this, but I'm going to save that for next week, Nunzio, because um, it's a uh, a question that requires a lot of time to get to. It was uh, top three players most excited about each level in New York. I don't know if we have time to get to all that today because um, Willie would just have an hour on PD Halpin, so we we can't do that today.
1: Let's- well, <laughs> I can go half an hour on Gavin Williams and Daniel Espino too. So.
0: That's true. So that, that's a whole shell right there. Literally, those three players. Um, can, let's get to Chuck.
1: Maybe a special edition for next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll, that we that, that topic alone will have to be a special edition. You're right. We can um, get a special guest,
1: bring in Jared, see what he thinks.
0: Yeah, we should get Jared on here one of these days. He's in our DMs. He's not enough. doing anything. He's in, <laughs> no, he's not busy at all, no. Um, if give Rodriguez breakout is sustained all year, where does that put him in the organization outlook long-term Um, needs to be rostered in 2022 for the rule five. Um, He was the last, he was, he had the largest signing bonus in franchise history Um, last year, 2.4, 2.5 million when he was signed. Um, I don't know, Willie, like I said, I don't think he's going to carry a 500 batting average on balls and play all year, but Hey, if he's in better shape this year and, and, like you said, building on that foundation, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he he finds what they they thought he could be all along. He's still a
1: very young player. Yeah, and uh, hit tool was his thing. A lot of um, a lot of comments that he had the arm and he had the frame to move to third base eventually. I think that's gonna be his home. Um, that's not a question to me. I think it's potentially. You know, really I look, I go back and look at August of last year for him. And, and I kept on saying that and I've said that numerous times. If you listen to the podcast, go back and look at August for Rodriguez and he was a different player in August than he was the months before that. Um, I think that's where you really picked up on him possibly even too. I know that you've expressed, Hey, I think he's going to be a guy that breaks out uh, somebody that you drafted when we had that draft uh, several weeks mm-hmm. back now. Um a player that I've liked for a long time, a, a guy that I hyped like, like Bracho, a guy that I hyped thinking, Hey, this is, this is a really talented player. I backed off of the hype on Rodriguez, um, because you got to prove it, but also saying, Hey, that last month was very interesting. I think we're seeing the carryover right now. Um, I can't remember where he was in our rankings. I think in the 30 area, I think he deserved to slide down because he didn't produce for a, a large number, but it's not also, or it's not only that it, it's, also, the fact that the organization had a big um, a big jump in quality of talent coming into the organization, too. Um, so where does he fit in the future? A future third baseman, I don't know as far as ranking goes, way too early for all of that. But I do think we'll see him level off at some point, but you're going to see a, a better player than what we saw last year. A guy that hits more for average, a guy that needs to add – or needs to show more power to be a, a good everyday third baseman. Um, he, I think he has the strength and the frame for it, but we'll we'll see how all of that develops with him. The arm and the glove work, I think, is going to be there at third base long term. Yeah, the arm for sure. I've seen the arm. The
0: arm's good. I think the power is there. It's just a matter of of making enough contact. And uh, I know one of the things they pointed out was just swing decisions needed to get better, and they have been better this year. So. Um, just for him, it's rec- picking up spin and and making
1: sure he's uh, staying within the zone.
0: Yeah, he um, expanded the
1: zone quite a bit last year and helped pitchers out, even when right. even when they were even when the count was in his favor. He'd expand the zone.
0: Yeah, and, and young, he's a young player who missed all twenty twenty two. So yep. uh, Chuck also wanted to ask us uh, if Richie Palacios gets a look against right handed pitching in Cleveland while he's playing tonight. So answers that. Um this is another long one from David Osborne. Um top three pleasant surprising pleasant surprises and biggest disappointments through three weeks and also wanted a, a way too early draft grade for the twenty twenty one draft class. Top three pleasant surprises. Well I gotta say Joe Narano, right? That's that's gotta be one. Um
1: Willie Brennan, I, I don't think
0: know. um Will Brennan.
1: Yeah
0: Will Brennan. Um, I'm I'm pleased with Bo Naylor so far, I will say that. Yeah. Um,
1: guys like Kevin Kelly and Mesa.
0: <laughs> yeah. Guys, talk about that. those guys are all pleasant surprises for sure. I don't know. It's hard to say disappointment so far. Um, you know, it's super early.
1: I was um, hoping to yeah. see
0: more out of Carson Tucker so far, but we haven't. Um, Yeah. It's hard to say, you know, Jake there's Fox a lot of, lot of season fun. left.
1: Dick Fox has been a, a pleasant surprise, you know, mm-hmm. not it, to some, maybe not to me. I, I picked him as a guy that was going to break out. I think uh, him and Dayon Frias were two guys that I mentioned my pick, my breakout type of uh, guys for this year. Um, Fox hasn't. I've made been bummed out about, with, but he's made a ton of content. Yeah, and, and
0: I've been bummed out about Tobias Myers so far. He has not been as good.
1: I, you know, I haven't been paying attention to Columbus very much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just going off numbers there, too. I was expecting a little more out of him early on. So that's what the only guy I can think of. Um, Trevor who? Oh, our buddy Trevor. All right. Well, first, Willie, first Trevor one to know is uh, four hits in three games allowed. Is Daniel Espino a bust? Uh, we need to dedicate a Bring lot him. of time to talking about cut him. Just DFA him right now. He's not even on the forty-man roster, but still DFA him. Bring him up and cut uh, him. Yeah, just to get him up. Hey, look, you made your debut. Now you're gone. Um, how would you rank the Akron Arms? Espino number one, obviously, even though he was asking if he was a bust. Uh, Curry, Cantillo, Burns, and Logan Allen. And he said maybe Hunter Gaddis. Um, I'll say Espino, Allen, Curry, Cantillo, and Burns, and then and Gaddis. I, I like Cantillo, but... Uh, right now, because of performance, I'm going to go Curry over Cantillo. So I'll say, uh,
1: Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams. <laughs> well, he's just saying at Akron. He's just saying he, he should be at Akron. Uh, yeah, I know, but he'll be there in a few weeks. So, yeah, you're just Espino, preemptively yeah, Gavin Williams, Logan T. <laughs> <Allen>. <laughs> Tanner Burns. And, you know, I'm going to say arguably Tanner Burns. I want to see more of Joey Cantillo. Uh, before I make a commitment on him. Um, I I think the upside's there. I think um, Cantillo has to, has to get some control. He walked several guys this last start and he was inconsistent last year um, in his few starts. So I want to see what he does there, but there's a mid rotation type of starter for him and Burns. And then I think Curry Gaddis kind of fall into place after that and it would be um, Burns, Cantillo, Curry, uh, Gaddis to me. So Gaddis would be the last of the six, seven guys I ranked there since I threw in bonus guy. But see, the hard part is if if uh, Gavin Williams is in Akron, that
0: means Logan T. Allen or Espino has to be in Columbus. There's no way they can have all those guys.
1: Just let me have it, Justin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, if I was an Eastern League hitter, I would just quit. If you have to face Espino... Williams, Did you all see what Dan I put Allen, up with on, a, huh? on a
1: daily basis as we direct <laughs> message back and forth? He's always argumentative.
0: Yeah. Always. <laughs> I'm so bad
1: for Grace. Grace, I'm praying for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Plus Yeah. <laughs> plus for Grace. She'll, <laughs> she'll never listen to this. It's okay. She'll never listen. Like your wife, she ne- she never listens. She has listens to like yeah, one you podcast. But she'll watch Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her to watch Jeff. She'll probably do that. All right, we got two more. Our friend Andrew Kinsman. Uh, which of these three hot start AAA hitters will ultimately have the best big league career? Alex, or I almost said Alex Gonzalez. Sure. Wow, it's a throwback. Alex, Oscar Gonzalez. Jose Fermin, Alex Call. Uh, everyone loves Oscar Gonzalez, but I'm going to say Jose Fermin has the best big league career out of those three.
1: Yes. The longest. I, for me, Gonzalez, Alex Call. If Alex Call has a big league career, I think there's a potential platoon bet there. I'm not trying to disrespect Alex Cullen, the Coll right. family. Um, I've made my thoughts on Gonzalez known. I think he's a light version of Domingo Santana. Um, good arm, you know. Yeah. He's actually stolen a base or two, too, you know. Um, he surprisingly can pick off a base, but he's not fast. Uh Jose Fermin, I think I wanted him rostered over Ernie Clement, if that tells people how I feel about Jose Fermin. So um I think Fair future major league utility man. I think you get a better version of Ernie Clement with Jose for me, but that's my opinion. We'll, we'll see where that goes.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's, what's going to make him a longer big league or two is, is that role and that versatility. Um Yeah. I, Oscar has the power, but I, yeah, I just, he has a two, a 2% walk rate this year. I just, maybe he's one of those guys that can make it work long term, but
1: I'm still skeptical. And if I'm wrong, you know, that's great. Good for him. If I'm wrong, but, he better be 330, though. I mean, seriously, if he's hitting 330, he's hitting 300. Uh, yeah, that works.
0: But he's not going to yeah, be on base. Has, yeah, as on base right now is 310. That's, that's, you know, I don't know if that translates to the Major League level, but 310 is not good. In the Major League level, it's not good in AAA. Um, and finally, Zach, Fido MVP. Uh, how much longer does Noel have to mash to be considered a top five prospect where when do we think he'll be in Akron since on the 40 um I think that the my issue is putting him in the top five is he's a right-handed hitting first baseman he's yeah, I've seen him play third enough this year I think I, I mean yeah he could always improve because I will say when I saw Nolan Jones in Lake County playing third base it wasn't good and he's improved enough to be average there whenever he does come back um so maybe Noel can improve, but based off my looks of Noel so far, I don't see him playing third base long-term that makes him a right-handed, right-handed hit, right hitting right-handed throwing first baseman, which, you know, Willie is a, is a hard profile to carry. Um, so he's really got a hit and he has hit, but long-term there's a lot of skepticism about that. And um, that's, and, and I'm still have some concerns about the approach. He's been better this year. So maybe he's answering some of those questions, but, it's, it's a boomer bust profile, so that's why I have a hard time putting him in the top five. Um, he should be in Akron, I think, sometime this year. I mean, Marcos Gonzalez and Mike Capriz are, are playing first base in Akron. Those are not guys that you should be um, prioritizing over Noel if Noel is ready for double A. That's only if he's ready. Um, and you can still find at-bats for those guys because Marcos Gonzalez can play third, he can play second, and Mike Capriz can play the outfield. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a matter when he's ready.
1: And adding another draft pick, you're getting a guy. And Zach and I talked about this last week. You're getting a guy in the draft this year, in July, who could could be the most talented player to enter the organization since Francisco Lindor from the draft. Um, talking ceiling ceiling wise, talent wise, um, Cleveland hasn't picked this high in a long time. I, I think they'll pick downboard. But what I'm really trying to bring out is you're adding another guy who should slot somewhere in the top um, top five, possibly. Uh, last year at pick 16 where Cleveland picks, uh, Khalil Watson went at that very same pick. So Cleveland could stumble upon a, a great player, a, a guy that is a, a top 50, top 100 player. I don't expect that to happen. Don't want to set that expectation but this is a potentially a player that will slot into the top five in July whenever they are drafted. So with that being said, Noel will fit somewhere in my book, probably in the, the six to 10 range by then. Um, part of that is because of positional value. Um, hard to carry that right, right, like Justin mentioned. I'm not going to dig too much into that, but also – There's a lot of talent in the org too. guys like Gabriel um, Rodriguez is going to make a climb Angel Martinez is going to make a climb. Gavin Williams is going to make a climb. What do you do with Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman, when they're healthy, Um, Marocchio, Valera, Daniel Espino. I mean, there's a lot of talent here. Logan T. Allen deserves to be there. Okay. Cody Morris is probably going to slide out. So there's a slot, but you have other guys that are performing too, that are going to make their presence known. Um, you know, maybe Doug Nikhazy starts to harness that a little bit, and I don't know if that, you know, wildness this weekend is is a thing we're going to see on a regular basis or or what. Um, Tommy Mace is a is a talented right-handed pitcher that could slot high-end rankings again next year. Um, a lot of guys that could climb. Bo Naylor is a guy who should fortify his position in the rankings, you know. Um, Petey Halpin should be right up there. Number one, Jared, that one's for you.
0: A lot of talent a lot of talent all right thanks everybody for the questions if you've got this far uh, appreciate you listening we're going to, get to player of the week and then we're going to get out of here um because we're already at hour 10 shocking player of the week voting results willie 79 percent uh voted for your picks last week uh you took gavin williams and Gabriel rodriguez um I feel like Will Brennan had a better week than Gabriel Rodriguez, but obviously Doug or Gavin Williams outpaced Doug Nacasi because of the six walks. So you are on the board with number one this year in Player of the Week, and I am still a goose egg. So congratulations to you, even if the voting was rigged. No, it was a it was not a good week for Doug Nacasi. And um, you made Will Jared Brennan. mad,
1: and he used all of his eighty burner burner accounts on my behalf. You know, so
0: that's right. That's right no chair has got a bunch of burners out there um for all pd help and burners but it's okay uh i'm gonna go with joey cancillo this week and brian lavastita i think lavastita is gonna um play well in his return to triple a um now that he's got some big league experience and i'm really hoping for a joey cancillo bounce back because he had five walks last week in that game and i need to see a better week from him so i'm gonna bank kind on of, uh, a better week for him who are you going with this week willie
1: Jose for me, and I'm going to go with uh, – I'm not going to take one of the two big arms. I'm going with Logan T. Allen this week.
0: Logan T. Allen was like my standby last year. If I couldn't couldn't decide who to take, I just went with Logan T. Allen. And more weeks than not, it got me a lot of wins because he is mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Reliable. All right, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, if you got this far, like I said, thank you so much because we're an hour and almost 15 minutes in. Uh, Thanks for all the questions. Again, if you got this far and you're not following us, you're not subscribed, all that kind of stuff. um, Yeah, you should be doing that already if you got this far. Willie, thanks for joining me again. Um, Thanks for spending the time doing this. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next week.